We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is the best bet for this season. they got lots of props to bet on, and if you miss a bet, hey, you can go put a lot bet on the game. And sometimes it may be better for you. Uh, my bookie does have a uh, first deposit bonus. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. Activate the offer. You put some money in. They'll give you some money back. Also, they have reload bonuses as well. Where if you want to reload some money and you know you use the promo code, you can, they'll um, give you like at least 25 to 50% of it. Lots of games to bet on. You got the MLB playoffs. Hockey's back in, back in session. NBA's coming up. There's a lot of stuff, guys. A lot of ways to make money. So go check it out, you guys. Go to mybookie.ag. They got a mobile site. Check it out. All right, guys, welcome into another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rant podcast brought to you by Armchair Media. Take a seat. Well, Pitt has a bye week, and, you know, I just tweeted out, that, uh, you know, that I heard a rumor that Kenny Pickett's not suiting up for this, um, you know, for this whole thing, and, you know, he's not playing this Saturday, let alone suiting up, and I'm wondering what Pat Narduzzi is trying to prove. But... We've gone. We've gone through the first six games of the season. And we're four and two. Our two losses were UVA and Penn State. UVA was kind of more breaking the team in. Penn State. Um, you know, we same thing. The offense was our Achilles heel because the second half has been an issue for us. And we're going to these next six games, and there's a lot of, you know, as I was looking at the, um, you know, the team stats and stuff, and the defensive defense as well, I mean, the biggest surprise is obviously, for one thing, is the, um, well, a lot of it, the defense, obviously, although we kind of knew they were going to be good coming into this season, we just didn't realize they were going to be this really good at what they were doing. I mean, we lost two key uh, players on the defensive line, and it's almost as if nothing, we never lost them. Everybody's just stepping up. They know their role, and they're on the same page. And that's great. You want that. I mean, they're fast, they're physical. They're the defense we've envisioned for so long. I mean, have we had a defense this fast and physical? It's hard to say, um... You could say, you know, the um, 
maybe the uh, 2009 team. The thing is, is Dave wasn't crazy about blitzing. He just loved using the he loved using the defensive line and having the guys stay in position. But one defense I know for a fact that was really fast and physical was the 2002 Pit Panthers. Those guys were just total badasses, and they had a really good secondary as well. But once those guys graduated, we had a big drop-off, and, of course, we couldn't stop a counter. And, it, you know, yeah, it was a big letdown. And here I am on my way to work, sipping my pumpkin cream cold brew from Starbucks. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm embracing my inner, you know, inner basic chick, I guess you can say. I know, it just looked good, and I just had to try it. I'm like, you know, this really isn't bad. I mean, I like cold brew. I mean, cold brew is more caffeine. It's, you know, it's the coffee taste is more robust. And it's, uh, I did some research. It's a lot less acidic than hot coffee. And I have acid reflux. So it helps out for me a bit, a little bit. You know, it doesn't make my stomach as tender, I guess you can say. Although my problems have always been eating too fast and not, not breathing when I eat. And, of course, the food just gets stuck in your uh, you know, your chest and your life's a living hell. But, you know, going back to Pitt, you know, obviously the big surprise has been the defense. Offensively, the big surprise, passing game. But then again, we hired a passing offensive coordinator. And if you look at the stats, I mean, Mack and French are our two leading receivers. French, though, his yards per catch is like seven yards. He's getting a lot of short passes because teams are more keying in on him. But Taysir Mack has stepped up. Aaron Matthews, you know, he's a senior. He's very well seasoned. So he provides that leadership. He's kind of like what Lamar Slade was in 2002. You know, we had, I mean, we had Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he was, you know, he came out that year. Hit a coming up party. Yeah, he had a coming out party that year. He was our top receiver. But Lamar, he was um, the, you know, he was our senior leader. He was a seasoned guy. He's He had been here for so long. And anything you need to do of, of him to do, he was going to do it. And that's kind of what Aaron Matthews has been. And we've had some, you know, some contributing from um, the um, tight ends. Will Gregg and uh, Nokia, Nokia Griffin-Stewart. Nike caught a touchdown the other day. So we've had um, we've had the tight ends involved contributing. Shocky Jockey, Deltavis Butler. Basically, Kenny's basically been spraying the ball around. He's averaging almost 300 yards passing a game. His TD interception ratio isn't all that great, but you know, that's only if you're like a big fantasy person and you want to pick him up. Obviously, we have issues still. I mean, we haven't... Uh, the running game is all that great. Todd Sibley's our leading rusher. I mean, his big game was the um, Delaware game. You know, that's obviously a big red flag. And, you know, second half scoring has all, hasn't been all that great. And, you know, Pitt wants to uh, contend for the ACC title. Or, I'm sorry, Coastal Division title. And have a chance at the ACC title, 
they're going to have to shore these things up somehow or some way because this is where it gets this is where it gets uh, weird in the coastal division because tonight we got Miami Miami and Virginia in Miami you know they had a corporate you know they they lost they lost to a Virginia Tech they almost came back and won the game thanks to a quarterback change I think they're just a team you don't take lightly. I mean, if you look at the standings, they have two losses. So does for Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech is, is is over with. They're done. Miami's still somewhat screwed. Same with Virginia Tech. But these guys can still play spoilers in this division, and who knows? Weird things can happen, and who knows? You might be looking at Miami BT in the top of the coastal division. A lot to think about. I think Miami is minus one over Virginia. And, I mean, Virginia's offense hasn't been all that great to begin with. I thought they would get better as the season went on. But their strength seems to be their defense. And they just hope that, the, you know, the Miami team that shows up is the first half. Is the Miami team in the first half of last week's game against Virginia Tech where they threw five picks. That's what they got to hope for. But then again, who knows? Miami may have some momentum coming into this game, and there'll be that. But looking back at Pitt, obviously, passing has been a big surprise, and the fact that we're spraying the ball out to different receivers. We obviously need some way to fix the running game. I'm not sure if it's going to be fixed anytime this year, unless somebody really steps up, and of course, if the, you know, if the, the run blocking gets a little better. But we need to improve on second half scoring. We need to get. In the, we're definitely gonna need to get in the end zone a lot more because our defense has been great. But there's gonna be times we're gonna need, we're gonna need to outscore our opponent. So as we look at the um, the ACC, we got. Um, you know, I talked about that game. Now, as we look at the rest of the ACC slate, I personally like my I like Miami tomorrow tonight because that's when it comes out. Um, Georgia Tech and Duke. Duke's a seventeen half point favorite. Tech is just really bad this year, and they're gonna it's gonna take time for them to get better because they're uh, still. Transition from the Paul Johnson era, and that's they're just they're just screwed for the most part. Clemson got Florida State. This would have been a really sexy matchup at one time, but since Willie Taggart is at uh, Florida State, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, I think Clemson's a twenty-seven point favorite in this one. They'll cover easily. Rhode Island, Virginia Tech, VT should win that one easily. Louisville Week Four. So this is a good. This is a really good game because Louisville's offense has started to come, come to life. They knocked off Boston College, but they're playing Wake, and Wake is just ferocious now. They're that they're that little scrappy Wake Forest team that we all remember and loved. I like um, Wake in that one. I think Wake will take that one. 
Now, as the top 25 comes about, we got the Red River, Red River shootout between Oklahoma and Texas. This is probably the biggest test for Jalen Hurts. As he really hasn't played anybody, you know. Well, he played Houston, but this is a one of their bigger opponents to get to play in. Texas will be a big, big test for them, and I'm sure Tom Herman will be. T- we want to test Jalen Hurts as well. Hurts makes more plays with his legs than does his arm. So what Texas will probably need to do in this one is they're going to probably have to keep Hurts from running. You know, take away his strengths and uh, make him throw. But in the Big Twelve, they don't play defense, so we'll see what happens there. But I like, I thought, you know, I, I think overall I like Oklahoma in this one. Michigan State, Wisconsin. I really liked uh, Michigan State earlier, earlier this year, but they have a really good defense, but their offense just isn't good. And, you know, there's been talk about D'Antonio retiring, and I think this is something we really need to, uh, I don't know, keep an eye on in terms of Penn or Doozy. If he plays a state of Pitt. Washington State, Arizona State. Herm Edwards got his team in the top 15. Washington State has been out of the top 25 for a while. Now they've lost two games. and This is an even matchup. But I think, I think uh, I don't know. Given how things have been with my, you know, for Mike Leach, I think he, um, I don't know, I like Arizona State in that one. Cincinnati-Houston, that's a big game because Cincinnati comes off a big win and uh, I think Cincy pulls this one off because there's a lot of uh, you know mutiny going on in Houston right now. Penn State and Iowa. I, Penn State's a minus three. Unload on Penn State if you're betting because Iowa's offense sucks, and I just don't see them. Uh, yeah, I don't see them. You know, giving Penn State a game. Penn State just um, they're loaded. They're, they have a great defense. They're loaded on offense right now, and unless Iowa, you know has this old-fashioned game where they just, you know, they beat the crap out of Penn State, and they're more physical, maybe they have a chance, but yeah, after after what happened with Michigan, how they struggled, I just don't see it happening. Florida LSU, Florida beat Auburn, so they naturally they moved up in the rankings. They're 6-0, and and LSU's 5-0. and Everybody had Auburn winning that game, and Florida... Florida shut us all up. Uh, I like LSU. Well, you know what? It's at LSU, so I'm going to have to go with them. Uh, they've been pretty hot, and they're airing the ball out. But Florida could win this game if they uh, basically get the get the Joe Burrow. But that's basically your, your primetime game. And there's really not much else after that as far as top 25 is concerned. Who does West Virginia play? West Virginia plays is at home against Iowa State. The Hoopies, they gave Texas a game somewhat. But I think Iowa State, um, I think they'll, they'll win that one. It's at home, I believe. So there you go, guys. We wrap up the ACC in top 25. Now, as far as baseball goes, we have a bunch of game fives. The Astros 
with Garrett Cole and knock off Tampa Bay. And I know there were two former Pirates pitching in that game, and well, I think with Cole, I mean, um, he was still a good player, but I think he um, he just needed to go somewhere where he was to get better coaching, and he has with the, with the Astros because the Astros were, were able to fix Charlie Morton. I mean, they um, when they signed Charlie, it was a you know it, it, they signed him as a low low risk, possibly high reward. And what happened here was, you know, they they analyzed what Charlie does, and they they figured his um his feature pitch was his curveball, and the Astros felt that they that Charlie needed to throw his curve a lot more because it was wicked. He had a feature his curve, and they, they they did some of this fastball, and they said rather than pitching for contact, why don't you just tr- try to strike batters out instead? And it worked magnificently for Charlie, and he's reaping the benefits. He left Houston and got a two-year, thirty-something million dollar deal. I wish the Ashes had kept him and gave him his money, but I understand why they didn't pay him. They didn't think he was going to, you know, continue continue hot with what he's been doing. But it's good to see, you know, Charlie later late in his uh, career, he's getting some you know, rewards. And you know he's gonna retire pretty much. I mean, the world's. I mean, the 2017 playoffs will be something he'll always remember. Game seven against the Yankees, he won that one. That wasn't you know that was an easy one. Well, no, it was an easy one because it was you know game seven against the Yankees. But then he um, they put him in game seven against the uh, Dodgers, and he they, he closed it out. I mean, he was, Dodgers had no answer for him. I mean, and that's probably something that he will, that will pretty much go, go with him the rest of his life. No matter what, no matter how his career, his career overall came, what he'll remember is this, his final, his final years. I'm not sure what the Pirates can do. They had, you know, everything there and they just let it. Rather than build on it, they just let it go. Whereas the Astros, they, they, they continue to build and they continue to pick up players any way they can. And without Verlander, they don't win the World Series in 2017. And I'm not sure if they'll win it this year either. I, like I said years back, the Astros would, though, the winning World Series is very small because of how Boston and, and the Yankees were coming back. And 2017 was going to be the only time that they were be able to do this. So I'm not sure how you know this series is going to go for them, because for one thing they could close out Tampa like they wanted to, and the Yankees they're resting, and of course they got they got savages in those box in the batter's box. I mean they're they're savages, the hitters. But then also you had you also have other good stories at like the Washington Nationals. They, Bryce Harper goes for th- th- over three hundred million dollars, and he can't blame Bryce for doing for doing that. He's got to get paid. But um, the Nationals were kind of a disaster early in the year, and they they picked it up. 
after the All-Star break, and they now are in the NLCS. And I think, you know, this is pretty much their, their small window as well. I don't think you'll see much of them after this. And I think with, with Philly and Bryce, I think Philly will eventually get to the playoffs and they will recap. They'll do damage. You know, this, you know, this year, obviously, you know, it's, um, you know, one of those things where it's lessons learned and I think they'll pick up from it. and They'll be, they'll be in the playoffs. Philly will. I mean, this, I mean, for anything, this is a little consolation prize for the Nationals. They got to play the Cardinals now, and I'm not, you know, the Cardinals obviously, they're the Cardinals. Looking around the rest of the whole, you know, news reels, obviously we still have the mess with them being in China, and, you know, I have no, you know, I don't think Daryl Moore needed to apologize for what he tweeted. And I can understand the players and the you know the, you know the people that are getting called out from the NBA like the um, you know, like the Steve Kerr's, the Popoviches, the LeBrons. I can understand them being quiet despite being called out. But for one thing, those guys are overseas, and I think one thing they need to do is they need to get back on that plane back to the states. They could speak up about it. But they're in a different country and it's different rules. So it's best that they take whatever lumps they can and get home. And of course, Kerr, I guess, deflected it and said about, you know, I didn't hear anybody in China talk about our, you know, us shooting each other with, their, with the AR-15s. And yeah, Steve has a fair point. But, you know, the thing about the NBA is, I know talk, people talk about the you know the stuff that they battle, the issues, the bathroom laws, um, hands up, don't shoot. I mean, these battles, they can, they can, these type of things they can battle without hurting their wallet. And they can win them as well. The China one is a much different one. They can't, they can't, this is a battle they cannot get into. And if they do, it's, it won't go over too well. And I, you know, you can't really, you can't really pull the, you know, like the Kurs, the Popoviches accountable for all this. At the end of the day, it falls on the NBA and its owners. They, they made the decision to get in bed with China. And, you know, if anything, they are um, they're doing business with them, and they're being tolerant of uh, one's political views, because that's what we do, that's what we talk about, right? As we talk about being in relationships with people despite their political views, and here we have here we have China. Their political views are obviously different than ours, and the NBA is you know they're trying to do business with them, have a relationship with them despite you know having different political views. And yeah, we can all we can disagree about communism and socialism. And of course, I can disagree about capitalism. Each system has its own pros and cons. For sure. But I think with the NBA is this is just something where they need to uh, you know, just you know, I'm sure they I, I mean 
they apologized, and I'm sure they had to do that because they don't want they want to make they want to make sure that uh, well you know your business relationship is good and you obviously don't you know want to be held in that country. So they're trying to avoid these things. I mean, it's damage control, and obviously the tie you know the relationship has kind of been severed, and I don't think Morris should be fired for what he did. I mean. Well, let's, let's, let's take that back. Um, if you remember a few, uh, not too long ago, when Jamel Hill was, uh, when she was with ESPN, she got herself in some trouble, well, twice. Well, actually, yeah. First time, it was, ta- it was she called out Donald Trump and called him white supremacist, and she got, you know, she, um, Got herself a little bit, a little bit of hot water with that. I thought, if anything, she should have been suspended for it. Not that I don't, you know, not that I don't disagree with her. I mean, I mean, there's obviously evidence to back that. You know, maybe Donald is, maybe Donald isn't. But regardless. You know, she, um, you know, she's on Twitter and she has a business entity with ESPN. And of course, they were hit back. They were going to create a lot of backlash for it. And not too long after that, she told ESPN, well, actually, no, they were pissed off over the whole Kaepernick stuff. And basically, she tweeted something to uh, boycott the NFL sponsors. And they're the same sponsors that line ESPN's wallets. So basically, she told her, uh, her she told people to boycott ESPN's advertisers. So ESPN realized they, they hurt their bottom line. They suspended her then. So the Donald Trump thing wasn't going to hurt ESPN's wallet at that time because... Regardless, they still won't get their money. But the next time, next thing she did with the boycott advertisers did. So in the case of Daryl Moore, you got the same thing. He um, he did something that was going to hurt the bottom line for the NBA. So you can you can say that he could probably should be suspended or you know for going on their same definition, reprimanded for what he did, or fired. Which that might happen, because I'm sure the owners or quote unquote governor is pissed off over this. But I can understand why. You know, people are calling out the NBA over this stuff because the NBA tends to uh, they tend to take pot shots at other leagues in their own backyards. But then here we are with this. I understand why NBA is being quiet about it. And they're apologizing because, well, for one thing, they want to piss off China, and of course they want to get back on that plane back to the States. And maybe maybe then when they get back, they can talk about this. Anyways, guys. But as I finish up, you guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the bye week, how to pit. And back to politics. 
all I can say is for you guys is to um, <clears throat> get out and vote, uh, regardless of whoever your uh, political affiliation is and who you like. Always vote because our votes are always the same. Sure, there's electoral college, and people have you know their their reservations over it. But and some people don't vote at all because they think it's stupid. But the thing is, if you stop voting, then that's one thing. You know, your voice. You know, it's one. It's one reason for your voice to be taken away. And I know that um, you know. As far as capitalism and socialism, there's 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 two big differences there, and I mean, people feel we should go to socialism. But if you you know, was one person point out to me, if you look at who's all right in the country right now, do you, I mean, if you would, if you want to go to socialism, do you trust the, those people in charge? So, like everything, guys, all the answers are just complex and just figure them out. Anyways, guys, huddle pit. Enjoy the bye week, enjoy the games, and a go Steelers. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.